You got a marvelous vibe, and I know it starts from inside. So fill your heart with pride and let your light shine brightly. Your own hide. You're a work of art, unforgettable and off the charts. Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your mental health. I'm Bailey with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm Christy Edwards. I'm the Executive Director and a therapist at Centers for Children and Families. Hi, I'm Melanie Size. I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families. Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised. So before we get started on our newest episode covering COVID-19 and the mental health connection, I wanted to remind everybody that you can use hashtag Center Solutions on all social media platforms and find our episodes. You can also check us out on soundcloud.com slash centers solutions. And there's actually a playlist where you can hear all of our episodes that we've done so far. So when Chrissy, Melanie, and I sat down to start thinking about how did we want to cover COVID-19 and the mental health connection, we were really curious about frontline responders. So we've had doctors on the show. We've talked to other um, medical professionals. But we were curious about what about journalists? What about uh, reporters? You know, they don't really have an option to stay in quarantine because it's their job to get the information out to everyone else. So we thought it would be a really cool idea to invite Amanda Mason with Big Two News to join our show today. Hi, Amanda. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Yes, and Amanda is uh, hosting a special segment for us, uh, and it's Center Solutions on uh, the Good Morning... Good Morning Basin. Good Morning Basin. So check it out. It's Channel 2. And I look forward to Wednesday because I get to interview these two ladies, Aww. and I learn something from the process as well. It's so much fun. It is fun. We love it. So, Amanda, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Okay, so long, long story short, I think the this is information that might be good for you to know before I start kind of diving into the role of a journalist and an anchor and a producer is um, I was formerly an opera singer, I lived in New York for almost 10 years. I love that. <laughs> it's, it was a crazy experience. Um, I got to, you know, perform off Broadway, sing at Carnegie Hall. I got to do some really cool things. Um, I was Miss New York at one point, uh, which was an exciting experience. I traveled the state and got to speak and, you know, share a message and just really have an opportunity to make a difference. And so, I found myself kind of at a crossroads when it was either go and live in Germany for several years or stay in the U.S. and pursue musical theater. And I just didn't feel like moving out of the country was something that I really wanted to do and away from my family. Because the older you get, the more you realize, oh, family is extremely important. And it's always been a center focus of mine. But for me, it was just, hmm, I feel better in the States. And so... I went into musical theater, and there you audition for all kinds of things. So I auditioned for Monster Jam, and Monster Jam is monster truck shows. So I became a host for them. Uh, found out that I loved TV because I got to set up shots. But this was the first time that I got to interview other people. So I got to interview the athletes and try to bring like the best out of them. And so it was an exciting experience, not only running out mounds of dirt, 
be the winner at the end of a competition. Yes, I have eaten my fair share of dirt. Um, had to clean my boots after each show, but it was so much fun. And, and my whole goal was to kind of make other people help them shine and decided to switch careers, big jump, uh, got into ASU, went there and did a master's program. I have a master's in uh, musical in a music performance from Manhattan School of Music, but I got a year master's degree there um, for mass communications and broadcast journalism. And I learned, uh, I've never been in news except for like my high school, <laughs> my high school morning show, but I learned a lot about the ethics and a lot about what journalists can and can't do. And that was the most surprising to me getting into this new career because I thought journalists could go and I don't know, do anything, but they really can't. There's a lot of ethics. There's a lot of boundaries. There's a lot of things because we're, you know, the news in the sense we have to channel the correct information to you. And that's kind of been sort of what happened. It's, it's really in a nutshell, but I got to cover uh, Hurricane Maria after six months, um, after the hurricane hit. So more dirt on my boots. Um, what a great journey. Yeah. I can't believe we're sitting here with Miss Clark. That's Me either. Isn't that... And Miss Monster Jam. I, I never did anything that cool at all. I, know. I feel like I've got work to do now. And, no. And, and how did you end up in Midland? Yeah, I got a, my first reporter job out of uh, ASU. And worked in Bakersfield for 23ABC in California, another oil town, but not quite like this one. And I was a reporter there. And I loved my job, but I really wanted to be an anchor. You know, I love the leadership responsibilities of it. I love the 360 of the newscast and being a part of creating what people get to see every day. And I still do stories. I still report. I'm 100% on board for that. Obviously, I'm doing this segment as well with uh, Center Solutions. But I auditioned here and I, I guess auditioned, interviewed, mm-hmm. <laughs> stuck in theater, <laughs> and got the job. And this was my first time, you know, being a main anchor. I do three and a half hours um, every morning, especially when I started soloing uh, in January. And I've been soloing up until a couple weeks ago when we got a new co-anchor. So a lot of it has been on me while producing the 11 o'clock show. So I go nine hours straight with no breaks. Now I get a little bit of a break because I have an awesome co-host. But um, yeah, it's been a, a journey and I've learned a lot. And I, I love Midland and Odessa area. I think I'm from Texas, so, you know, I really love the people. <laughs> um, I, I bring it out every now and then. I say y'all a lot. That's just how it is. So so it, it's a transformation from you guys up in New York. Yeah, I did say you guys all the time. <laughs> I didn't realize that. So. It's all very different from, from different areas. Yeah. So, well, we're, we're so glad that we get to work with you. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. Oh, it has. Um, we like to be able to get people uh, information about what we're doing and how mental health is connected to everything. Mm-hmm. And when you're excited about it, it's easy for us to oh, yeah. kind of reignite because <laughs> we love what we do. But sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, that's what we do. But then when somebody gets really excited, it's like, yes, that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that's me. Yes. <laughs> we love that. Good. It's very important. So... I pulled an article from, um, if there's a publication called IJNet, and it comes from the International Center for Journalists. And she says, we are first responders. When there's trouble, others may run away from a scene, but journalists rush toward it. 
Sherry Riccardi, Ph.D. and co-author of the International Center for Journalists. So um, I think a lot of times when we think of first responders, obviously, we think of uh, police, ambulance, uh, doctors, nurses, people in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But journalists, the media, that's some, that's how we get our information. And mm-hmm. so they're... There is no stopping, and you have to be there. And so, absolutely, you're part of that uh, that realm. So, it's a it's a whole different kind of challenge. We're excited to hear about how how that's going. And I know we talk a lot about COVID, and we decided to name this the COVID edition. But boy, did we think that was the only thing that was going to happen in twenty? At least there's no murder hornets. I know. That was, I'm like, I mean, I'm waiting for it to come now back. Now it's like 2020. I mean, that's it's everything. There's, we have had. So so many uh, different things on the agenda and new things to watch on the news at night. And every day it's it's a new, I don't know, it's a new adventure. It is a new adventure. And I think uh, what's interesting about this experience is literally I got to Midland and a couple months later we had a mass shooting. So, you know, covered yeah. that wall to wall. And then... You know, the, the way that we cover the pandemic and also, um, you know, the protests and everything that's going on is, is also 24 seven of this is the main newscast. Um, so you live, eat and breathe it. Maybe don't eat it, but, uh, you definitely, yeah, you do. I mean, I'm eating a snack going, okay, well, what story's next? You know, (laughs) yes, I eat during the newscast. I'm not supposed to at the desk, but I break a couple rules occasionally. Well, you got girls got to eat. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, after three and a half hours. Um, but no, it's true. You know, journalists, uh, reporters, photogs, photographers, videographers, they go into, into it. You know, they run towards Mm -hmm. fire or danger or joy. And we are naturally curious humans, but I feel like journalists are elevated to a different curiosity. And our goal, or at least my goal, and I know many people that I work with and respect, is to help the community. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone wants to know what's going down the street. You know, a lot of things like car accidents and things like that, people are like, why do you report on that? Well, sometimes it's necessary because you might have just driven by that or spent two hours on I-20 trying to figure out why. And we want to try to be... uh bringing attention, maybe that's a dangerous spot, you know, so a lot of things that we do are strategic and we try to, you know, bring you the best news and the most transparent news that we can. So what type of changes have happened at the news studio since all of these new changes in our world have occurred? Yeah. Um, I would say definitely a lot of stress. Uh, (laughs) you can see it, you know, throughout the teams. Um, I kind of, what's been interesting is, as a reporter, your story is sort of your world. But now as an anchor, it is 360. So you look at the entire newscast. You know, you're sitting there, you're watching some of the same videos, you're seeing some of the same trauma over and over again, you're seeing some of the same joy over and over again. And my responsibility too, as a leader is to be an anchor in the community and to set an example and to you know, do the best that I can to give the information needed. But I'm also, I feel like during this time, I've been responsible for my team. Um, I'm very vocal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's always the best thing. You know, sometimes I, I feel like I went maybe a little crazy on the COVID-19 because I, I got stressed out. You know, sure. I, 
one of my things was, hey, you know, I'm soloing for most of the throughout the whole pandemic uh, until now. And I we need our reporters. We have a small staff. So for me, you know, I had to be there. I had to be there from 2 a.m. to 12 and beyond. So I've, I've stayed late before helping the team. Um, a lot of people would come to me and, you know, t- share their grievances or share their concerns. And I would kind of speak up for them. And so, and then I felt responsible for my parents. You know, I want to make sure that I'm well enough. If anything happened to them, I could, you know, literally get in the car and drive to Washington state to take care of them. So I think there's a lot of stressors and I'm not the only one that was feeling that in the newsroom. And you know, still not feeling it. And then with the protests, it's like a whole a whole new elevation. People are in pain. People are hurting. There's a lot of resiliency, of course, but there's still a lot of uh, a lot of sadness. And then our economy and all of, uh, you know, yeah. oil drop. I think that's a whole other uh, that's a whole other subject. And it's important. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you all have a lot to cover. Yeah. yeah. Christy, do you want to talk more about that? How, you know, just for us who are not frontline media, just reading the news every day can be exhausting and stressful. What is that like for someone who has to do something like that every single day? Can you guys just kind of talk about that? Oh, sure. Bailey just read my mind. I was going to bring that up because, you know, what we do, what we try to tell people if your anxiety level goes up or your depression level goes up is to, you know, uh, kind of limit the, amount of time that you're, you know, looking at the news or reading about things. And for you guys that are reporting all that, it's like, uh, we don't have a choice. It's like, you know, daily force feed with that. And so, you know, to keep from getting hard about it, you do have to feel the emotions. You have to have time, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're really sad about something to cry or if you're, you know, if something's really bothering you or if you see something that you think is a social injustice, it's, you know, if you really can't talk about it on the air, you've got to have an outlet for those things. So I think the the difficult part is that you don't get to hide away from it mm-hmm. or limit the amount that you expose yourself to it, but you've got to figure out a way to have an outlet outside of that to to fill the individual feelings that you need to feel. Yeah, just the responsible reporter um, for Big Two. I know when we talked, um, what it sounded like to me, what Amanda is experiencing has a is similar to what you all as therapists go through. It's taking in this constant overload of information. And I think about our therapists all the time and how do they unload all of that so that they can have a moment of peace. And I'm sure there's similarities just like with the doctors and all these other folks. And if y'all remember when we talked to Dr. Summer Merritt, Mm -hmm. she talked about, you know, how important it was for the the self-care part of that and to have the routine that you followed and that, you know, on days that you're completely stressed and overwhelmed is that you stick to that routine. You don't let yourself vary from that because that's whenever everything kind of seems to fall apart. So if you, on those really stressful days, stick to your routine, the days it's less stressful, you can kind of, you know, change things around a little bit. But I think the important thing is that whenever... Um, our brain has to take over whenever our our heart and our emotions really want to. Mm-hmm. So that, that keeps us from sliding down that dark hole. I think that's what people don't quite understand or know about journalists is because you see a minute and a half to like two minutes of a story on air. But in reality, you don't see the hours that we've spent with, you know, uh, a victim. I, I had interviewed a girl who was the only survivor of a car crash. Very brutal. Won't go into a lot of details, but 
I, I can't be a therapist. I'm not a therapist, but my job is to take it in, is to be there with her through these experiences to go, okay, how can I best share her message and share her story? And I honestly feel that that's kind of where we're at too, even with George Floyd. You know, it's so heartbreaking. I mean, I really feel for the families. A lot of the stuff, you know, every time we're doing a story on it, whether it's about the protests or resilience or his memory or what happened, um, you know, I do my best to try to give a message that he would be proud of and that his family would be proud of mm-hmm. and that everyone listening would be, okay, you know, I understand this. I understand what's going on. I'm I'm getting the feeling from her, but at the same time, I have to be a little desensitized. Mm-hmm. Especially as a producer, you know, we we look through video to make sure that we filter it for our viewers. I, I saw a video this morning that really shook me. Um, it was a 2019. A, another um, man in his like 30s, 40s uh, was also. You know, they captured body camera footage and showed the whole thing. And he also said he couldn't breathe and he ended up dying. Uh, and you saw the whole thing go down and you're just in disbelief. And so I can't imagine, you know, for the family having to see those images over and over again. You know, the mass shooting um, anniversaries coming up, same thing being dredged up again. But I think it's important to keep memories alive. And I think it's important to talk about the truth. And I think that's what journalists are there for. Um, but yeah, a little desensitized. Uh, I had a, I think the performance aspects comes into play with having to be that anchor and be strong through all of this, even though, you know, you're constantly bombarded with it all the time is because, you know, I've lost two people on two different occasions, uh, the day before I had to do a performance. I was in my senior, uh, opera. And Manhattan School of Music, and we had our last performance on Sunday. Saturday, my dance partner didn't show up. He was sick, and so we had to fill in. You know, a lot of stress, a lot of rumors were going around. Still in the show. That night, we found out that uh, he died by suicide, and uh, we still had to do the show the next day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's a lot of people kind of were against that, and it's. You know, I'm not there to judge, but I'm there to say the show must go on in a lot of different circumstances. And he probably, I don't know what he would have wanted, to be honest. Um, it was just devastating. And so you have to move forward and be strong because if I freak out, the community's going right. to freak out. And that's, that's not my job as an anchor. Absolutely. That's- yeah. And we talked about sometime the need for debriefing after some of those things because, you know, the show must go on and I can't really feel how I want, how I want to feel because I have to show how I think people need to see me feel, mm-hmm. um, you know, just like policemen or paramedics or firemen or whatever, whenever they see something horrible, that is built into their job is the ability to be debriefed. So I think that you um, guys definitely owe it to yourselves to to check definitely. into that. Yeah, Christy, since Amanda said that she watched a, a pretty troubling video just today, mm-hmm. what advice would you give her to help cope with that? Okay, one of, the, one of the things that I always tell people whenever they come on, they say, you know, the the, the images you're about to see are disturbing. Mm-hmm. Listen to those things and think about whether you really want that to be hardwired into your brain. We don't always have that option. You know, sometimes it's there, you're seeing it, and, you've, you know, and you can't un- unsee it. By the time you've done this very 
long, there's going to be some times that you're going to go, I know what I can handle and I know what when it's hardwired into my brain and it's going to start that endless loop and I'm not going to sleep for three days. So do I go there or do I only watch what I feel I need to watch to be able to be um, to report on that? So right. I think that's one of the best pieces of advice that I could give people who work in these kind of jobs. It's like get enough to report, get enough to be able to do a thorough assessment of the need. But if it's really, really bad and you don't have to watch it, then don't watch it. But it's hard then, because I understand yeah. that that drive to want to know what's going on and together as much accurate information as you need in order to give that to the public in the most unbiased way you can. And sometimes that means exposure to things you wouldn't necessarily want to see. And I was a journalist for four years, too. Oh, cool. Through college. I mean, print media. But I understand that drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's. I can only imagine right now during COVID what you guys are going through. Yeah, and I think, you know, sometimes, like, your job, it doesn't let you not see it. Right. Right. So yeah. I think at some point that because of the profession that you've chosen and you've been trained in, I think part of that does come with the job and you kind of go, this comes with the job. I need to know when it's affecting my daily living. Am I not able to sleep or am I able to sleep? Am I not eating? Um, am I crying? Am I depressed? Am I, you know, not wanting to leave my house? So, you know, recognize all those things. And that's whenever you do need, whether you want to call it a debriefing or not, or whether I just need to get in touch with a, a good therapist that's going to let me talk through and maybe do some trauma, cognitive behavioral um, therapy with traumas and, and be able to go on. And it's interesting. I never realized that journalists should be debriefing until you said it the other day. I was like, oh, I mean, I do that with my parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, I call them up and I'm like, hey, this this went down. Um, you know, during the mass shooting, uh, when we were covering it all week, I had nightmares all week. Um, I was still sleeping and obviously still eating. Uh, but, you know, that's that's hard to... I wasn't out there in the field. I didn't see the things necessary, but I saw the aftermath and I saw the video and it's hard. You're a human. And, um, but the reality is in, in my job that I take very seriously is it's not about me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, that debriefing does help because I do have to sort of turn off a certain part of my emotions in a way in order to go, okay, this is about me sharing a story and about my community. This is, mm-hmm. this is not about me getting upset and not about me sharing my opinion either. You know, you, you probably won't see that a lot because we went down the center. Mm-hmm. So this makes me think of compassion fatigue, which mm-hmm. is uh, part of what we talked mm-hmm. about when we talked to Dr. Summer Merritt about all of the people that they see coming in and people with this illness or other illnesses and having to be away from family members and having to always be that person, not a trained therapist. Mm-hmm. So I can see that uh, being uh, something that you all would experience as well, which it's just uh, traumatic stress that results from repeated encounters with victims of trauma and traumatic situations, which is exactly what you're experiencing mm-hmm. on a regular basis now. Because <laughs> I don't mean about to laugh, shooting, but it really wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago, no. And it seemed like it could be the biggest thing we'd ever experienced mm-hmm. here. Who, I mean, you know, now it's just compounded. Yeah. I think you're basically not human if you can't at some point go, that could happen to me or that could happen to someone I love. Oh, yeah. And so if, if you take nothing from that other than 
the, that realization that makes you more aware of what's going on in your surroundings. We want that to happen. We don't want people to shut down their lives because they're afraid that something like that would happen. Right. Or shut down your lives because your life because you're afraid you're going to get COVID. Now, being smart about it is, you know, and following the rules, that's one thing. But don't just, I mean, it's like, it's, there's a word called, uh, for catastrophizing. Mm-hmm. It's like you take something and you make it bigger by the many, many degrees. So we're trying to tell people be smart, be motivated to be safe, but don't overly catastrophize it. Yeah, I might have taken it a little that yeah. You know, definitely that a little further. I was, I went COVID crazy. I was, yeah. I really just thought, oh my gosh, it, it was the sky was falling. But it was so, unpre- everything was like predictable. And then, you know, it's me by myself at home. I mean, with my girls, but mm-hmm. I'm not looking to them for comfort. Yeah. <laughs> even for even comfort. just for, yeah, yeah, even just for us on the show doing research to see what, who we're going to bring in, what we're going to talk about. That's mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And then like for, yeah. for the recording library, we're doing one o'clock updates for the visually impaired every day for oh, wow. local news. So, you know, that's you have to read that every single day because it's for the greater good, like you're saying. So, But still, it does take a toll on your mental health whenever you're just diving into that every single day. Yeah, because oh, their, yeah. their producer was reading it, and at some point it got to him and was mm-hmm. like, I need a break. It was. Right. It's just a lot of constant mm-hmm. right. information, and it's traumatic. It's yeah. very traumatic. Well, and I think it doesn't matter... Um, how strong you think you are or how, you know, hardened you are to certain things. If it goes on long enough, well, you know, started with the shootings, then, you know, it's COVID, then it's, you know, the um, plunge in the oil prices, and then it's people, you know, the layoffs, and now it's the, mur- what is it, murder hornets, and possibly the locust plague. <laughs> oh, jeez. And there's hurricanes. And hurricanes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's really, and <laughs> tornadoes. There's only so much that I think that you can bounce back from without some issue like it doesn't matter how resilient you are oh yeah oh because we were talking about that it's like what's next then you're afraid to say what's next because here you go you ask it okay i'm with (laughs) i'm sorry to mean no but that's the quarantine 15 is for real (laughs) you know i mean i'll i'll be honest the first few you know month march never ended uh, for us i mean april kind of went by a little quicker but just march never ended and with all the shutdowns and all the all the business owners you know you saw grown men breaking down crying on camera and you were just like your heart just broke and people in the oil industry they don't know how they're going to feed their families i mean the amount of people that are first time to the food banks i mean it's so hard not to like care for everyone you know because it's just human and i kind of look back at my new york experience that's another thing too you know that's the hot spot i have friends there yeah. i have friends that i've talked to on a daily basis that are were terrified mm-hmm. um i did a, a two-part series with a doctor there who's a, a pulmonologist a critical care pulmonologist and and he was you know, deep down terrified. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, not having it be as bad here, which is good, again, knocking on wood, um, you know, it, it was just really, I took on that as well. So you know, it's a little like survivor's guilt. I guess you, you could were say there, that. Yeah. And now you're here and all of those people. What, that you what loved. is survivor's guilt, Christy? Um, survivor's guilt is like if there's, you know, a, a mass shooting or, you know, something COVID comes along and, 
takes people and you survive and you're going, but I was not careful or why wasn't it me? So it was one of those things. Uh, it's like, you know, that was a young person. I should have gone. A lot so of veterans experience. Yeah, a lot of veterans. So it's it's one of those things that people start, you know, they devalue their importance because they place more importance on someone else um, yeah. just because they lived. So and I was supposed to be at the fair that day. On my way driving, I would have been in the middle of all of it. Mm-hmm. I ended up oversleeping, mm-hmm. and then uh, <laughs> oh, you. you're the one. And then yeah, one of those. I mean, I, I it's hard to say. You know, that was my route. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't dwell on that though. But it's sort of like, wow, you know, life is. You can't be a little mad at yourself if you're a little late, you know, sometimes. And, yeah, and it's I the randomness think, of how things happen. And yeah, like, okay, at what point, and, and you know, is it going to fall? The ball going to fall in my court. And yeah. I think once again, let take that, turn that into a motivator, and say, I'm going to be more aware. I'm going to be careful. I'm going to pay attention. We were all talking about, you know, whenever people used to just pull up right next to you in traffic, you're like, oh, whatever. You never even paid attention. Oh, no, I do. You know, like right after the shootings, it was like if anybody Ooh. pulled up, and then all of a sudden, if they dared to roll down their window, it's oh, like, okay, a gun's coming out, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I started that whole stopping back far enough that I could get out if <laughs> I did I the same thing. <laughs> so, no, I did too. And it made me think of when I was a kid, and there were a lot of drive by shootings mm-hmm. at places and mm-hmm. that was a thing that you would think about mm-hmm. is, which is yeah. almost kind of like what happened only it was a singular uh, individual but, yeah, but and what can sometimes happen is, is you almost convince yourself that you're going to be next mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. is it really random or is it just really my turn and so then you kind of just have this anticipation that it's going to happen which is what the what happens with the virus yeah, I hear that from people. <laughs> it does. So, so you know, yeah. some of the things that we talk about all the time on, you know, how to how to relax yourself, how to do the deep breathing, the meditation, you know, get outside. Planning and protocols. That's Pl- one thing that and- Christy talks about is the importance mm-hmm. of having a plan so mm-hmm. that you feel like you have some control. Control, yes. Not the toilet paper panic button. <laughs> no, <laughs> but... but- have a plan and then follow the protocol. Know what the protocols are. Expect that they're going to happen. If they're not happening, find out why. And then you follow those. And I think when you do that, that's something that your mind does not have to take control and try to figure out. It's already done for you. Yeah. So if you get up and you take a walk every day, if you try not to eat too much banana bread, I think maybe we're past that. Are we past that? I'm still making banana bread. I don't know. Okay, so some people are, but... For now on, it's just... It is relaxing to me. I love banana bread. I bought banana muffins. I've been playing with I almost the, recipes, the whole thing. So, yeah, that's that's going to stay. That's, okay, well, I'm, just as long as you're sharing, that will yes, be fine. Yes. So, you know, getting Good enough point. sleep, getting, you know, eating enough the right kind of food, staying in contact with the people that you care about, you know, your folks, your friends, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, set up Zoom or FaceTime if you're feeling very disconnected. Um, you know, it's just all the things that make you feel better. And at the end of the day, you can just kind of go, okay, I've touched, I've made contact with people that I need to make contact with. You kind of check everything off your list. I went for a walk. I ate a salad. Getting outside. Yeah, yeah. Newsrooms are typically pretty closed in. Oh, yeah. And we don't have a lot of windows. Right. And honestly, it's been, like I said, the reason why I love Center Solutions and this podcast is because I go out and enjoy nature now. And I got to tell you, it makes a world of difference. You know, I've been doing a lot of things that you guys have said. I feel like I've sort of hit the reset button. And I said, okay. I need to work out. Okay, so my goal is to enjoy nature, but also try to get ready for the Midland Humane Coalition 5K, which I'm excited about. Although I think I can do the 10K, but this is my first race. So I'm not a big runner, but we're working on it. 
Um, I watch Disney movies. That is probably my go-to. Um, if there's a point where I've just hit too much news, um, I cook. I play with my uh, rescue cat. I love her so much. Uh, so she's been a great roommate. <laughs> I think she she owns the apartment and I just live there. Um, but she's amazing. And pets are everything. Yeah. So. You have That's to so, find connection. So good to have pets if yeah. you don't have anyone to. It can definitely be your her. therapy cat, therapy dog, therapy bird, yes, whatever yeah. it might be. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, since you're a musical person, did you ever watch The Greatest Showman? I did. I haven't seen it, okay. and that's on my list. Oh, it's good. Uh, aspect, okay, so Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 58%. I happened to be watching. It came on last night, and I was telling Melanie, from the minute it kind of started with the music, it was just like joy, and oh, it, was yeah. like, it brought me out of my slump. I mean, it was it was just it's uplifted. It's a good cry. It's a good cry, <laughs> and, you know? Yes. And I had kind of been in this little funk since our podcast last week. Um, not not bad, but you know, just kind of, I uh, just didn't feel right. And after that, I was just like, ah, I'm back. Yeah. See, so, isn't that Disney? <laughs> I don't. Even know. I don't know. Maybe not. But, but you liked it. Oh, I loved it. Oh, good. Oh, well, you know, it's one of those things when you watch like that certain musical part, and then you just they're like coming straight towards the camera, yes. and then you just get the chills, and you're like, oh, I wish I was back in theater. I but, can't wait for Hamilton to come out. Oh, that'll July. be fun. It's yeah, coming out in July on Di- on. Disney Plus. Oh, I don't have Disney Plus. I should, you, should. you know. I don't know why I don't. I've got Hulu, That's Netflix, the Amazon Prime. Oh, I gosh. Like, uh, Hamilton is amazing. It's just that kind of thing. I, I just cried, it. and it's wonderful, and it just gives that you was that. What? Yeah, it's incredible. So my I husband came it. in last night. He'd been playing golf, and he came in, and I was, like, dabbing my tears, and he's like... Who died? No. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I watched this. I said, but it's a happy cry. And he goes, kind of like Sound of Music. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, yes, yeah, exactly. Like, like, I have taught you well. I have taught you well. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's about finding that joy. And, and that's the one thing that I think we we pepper into the show or lately every day in the 11 o'clock, we have a whole section just dedicated to good news that came out of the pandemic. And just to see again, the resilience and the dedication of, of children helping their grandparents or, you know, the elderly man uh, who walked tons of miles in his garden just to raise all this money. I mean, I love, I love those stories so much. You, the, like a 105-year-old World War veteran ends up, you know, recovering from COVID. You know, all right. of these things. There's, there's so much joy. It's so cool. Um, anything with kids and families and just happiness pets. <laughs> and pets. Oh gosh, you know, sometimes we show the cutest little zoo creatures that have just been born, and I'm like, yes. I want to take one home. And that's what we want. That's what we're trying to get people to be ready to receive the joy. Mm-hmm. Because if you're so focused on worry or what do I need to do, you cannot receive it. And please just allow yourself to sit and watch those things. Don't go. That's trivial. You know, there's more important things going on. No, those are the things that help us get through the harder things. And isn't there something about? Sometimes when you go through hard times, you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop, something Absolutely. to fall yeah. apart. So. Mm-hmm. That's hard. It's, it's what's good to, next. It's yeah. good to take some time and live in the present yeah. and not be going, well, what's going to come up? What am I going to read about tomorrow? Mm-hmm. You know, just live for the moment. I think it's really important not to watch anything dark or dreary or sad. Oh, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I have to keep everything. Except for Ozark. Positive. 
<laughs> I haven't oh, done that. I'm, yet. I'm binging it. Let's just get real. <laughs> I keep I'll finish that. season three and I'll oh. How long do I have to wait for the next? I'm one? into yeah. season three. Oh, yeah. I'm the only one who hasn't seen that. That's I've okay. Seen it. It's a little dark, oh. but it's so good. You know, the acting is good, and there's this like dark humor to it. Um, but it's a. Uh, you know, it's funny because I never thought about, okay, what's next? Usually sometimes when it rains, it pours. But for the first time, I find myself going, okay, where's the murder hornets? <laughs> exactly. I mean, they were here for a second. Are they coming back? Like, you know, I, I just hope that out of all of this and, and everything that goes on, you know, we continue to connect with each other and, and stay connected. I, I mean, I had someone the other day call me that I haven't talked to for several years and say, Hey, I was just going through my entire phone list just to check up on everybody. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And I I thought I need to start doing that too. So I started doing that and, uh, it was amazing. The connections that you make, uh, re re make, uh, and, I just, I think that there is something positive out of this that we can find. And I, and I really hope, you know, I can't, I don't really share my opinions at all, but you know, with all the protests, I hope that there's some sort of, you know, something positive that comes out of this, a a major change. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to see that. And I've got friends who are, you know, involved in the protests and I'm like, y'all just be careful. And a lot of them are very peaceful Mm -hmm. too. You know, we try to share that as well. Um, but it's, it's incredible to see, you know, what, humans can do. We talk about the human connection a lot because I, I think especially while we were in isolation, so many of us, I know I had so many meaningful like hours long conversations. Mm-hmm. I had a four hour Zoom with some of my girlfriends that are here and like, I'm just spending that much time <laughs> together. What are we doing? I mean, we're just kind of walk, bumbling through the house and then uh, I had a like one of my best friends from like junior high that reached out to me. Oh, which cool. that was kind of fun. But the, you know, in conversations with my parents, all of that stuff is just, it's just so much different. Mm-hmm. I think we're not just going, uh, the superficiality was kind of canceled along with everything else. And we, mm-hmm. we were a lot more open and honest for a little while about so many things and topics and just reached out in love. And I think that's what I hope that we can carry forward or at least remember this time and not just let it be something that we talk about when we're older with other generations. I hope we can bring it and teach them the importance of, you know, what we found during that time. As a matter of fact, we are about to start a project with our podcast. It's going to be voices from 2020 and, um, our, partnership with the recording library we're going to string string together stories from we started eventually initially it was going to be like a a covid-19 point but you know now it's just 2020 mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who knows so we want to hear from everyone that has something to say about a, a happy moment or a sad time or just anything, something funny, something that you'll take with you and talk about later. Uh, just a little voice recording that you can send in. And if you go to our website, there's instructions on how to do that. You can always email me as well and or give us a call and we'll tell you how to do it. But we, you could be a part of our uh, special little time capsule. So we're excited about that. I think that's really cool, you know, and that's, we have the capability, um, you know, to be able to share it through media and, and, 
you know, we're grateful for the library. I'm having so much fun. Like, this is so exciting. Um, we're so glad. We're glad just to you, share. When you say, you know, you, that you've started doing some things because you listen to Center Solutions, I'm like, yes, that's what, that's what the purpose is. That is. Right. That's our goal. This, we've been doing it for a little over a year now. Mm-hmm. So anyone who gets some inspiration from our podcast, you know, gets their mental health in check, that's, we've done a good job. So, Amanda, what advice would you give to journalists, producers, anchors when it comes to mental health? What, what advice would you give to try to um, make sure that they stay healthy? I think one of the biggest things is that stress and pressure will take a physical, emotional, and mental toll. Um, having experienced that, you know, myself with, with all the stress that's going on, um, I've learned a lot about, you know, how to rechannel that. Uh, a lot of it, again, has been helpful through this podcast and working on this project. But also kind of looking within yourself and, and realizing, okay, you know, I need to talk about this. I need to address this. I need to give myself a break and allow yourself to give a break. Because producers, for example, I mean, everyone has kind of their own job. Producers are constantly trying to stay up with everything that's going on. So they're constantly absorbing the news. So take a break. Um, I don't want to be like, don't watch the news, but occasionally, you know, you've got to take that break and you've got to give yourself time. I'm the type of person that would probably be very similar to a lot of type A people that are reporters and journalists, uh, where I kind of feel guilty, not like reading for pleasure, reading for fun, or just sitting there and watching Ozark for like Mm -hmm. five hours. Um, but I find that there are certain things that de-stress and help me get refocused. And if that's sitting in front of the TV and watching, whatever's on that I think is interesting, then that's how I do it. So everyone's going to have a different uh, response, but please reach out and talk to uh, your team. And and that's what I've learned as I feel like kind of a leader that sort of is thrown into this in a way too, is a lot of people were talking to me about what was going on. And I was doing my best to say, look, I don't want this to impact you emotionally, physically, and mentally. I don't want this to drain you because you'll just be drained. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. It's it's exhausting. And you can't do that to yourself. You can't let that affect your health. And there's going to be more times where I want to say that there's going to be craziness, but we've never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. You know, reporters in general, I'm sorry I'm rambling, but... Reporters in general, I've never, I've covered protests before. I've never felt unsafe, but they're, they're almost being targeted. Um, you know, I had a friend that was attacked live on air and, and, and that's not the only story that I've got from people that I know are out there. And so, you know, you got to find the time to separate and pretty much follow everything that Christine Melanie say, because <laughs> it's very valuable. I have but. said, like, at some point I needed some superficial time and you feel kind of you, you feel yeah. bad about it because you it's think weird. there's so much going on. I need to be doing something. I need to either be doing something for work or maybe there's something I can do to volunteer. To, to, I don't know what. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I don't know. You got to. You know, go do heavy makeup and put some lashes on, or mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm taking Thursday off to get a pedicure and a haircut. Exactly, there you go. It's self care. Yeah, self care. Right. And watch something mm-hmm. really silly that is mm-hmm. meaningless, and just let you zone out mm-hmm. of this really intense reality that we're in. I think mm-hmm. that is very essential to our uh, coping. 
mechanisms. And what we're telling everybody right now is don't be passive. Don't assume that somebody's going to come tell you what you should do. Hmm. You've got to try some things and find out the thing that will help you take your mind off of it or bring you some peace, or it will be make you so physically tired that you're going to go to bed and sleep that night. Um, so whether it's running or whether it's, you know, like Melanie said, a four-hour Zoom with your girlfriends mm-hmm. in which you're silly and whatever, whether it's getting a haircut and a pedicure cure or, you know, whatever it is that you do, it's go and do the thing that works for you, not what somebody else says will work for you. Yeah, and that's that's amazing. I mean, that's, you know, find what exactly what works for you. Um, mine is not eating. <laughs> it was eating for a while. I was eating a bunch of candy and I was like, that does not work for me all. Yeah. So make sure that you, what you're doing that works for you is healthy. Yes. Um, so try to kind of rechannel that. That's sort of that reset button that I feel like I had to, to press, but it's, you know, it, it's good to take that time and self care. And that's one of the biggest things I've learned from this entire pandemic. I'm the type of person again, that'll go, 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 go. I'm very heavily involved in the community. I, I do Junior League has been amazing. There's constantly meetings or projects or I've got an interview because I'm still reporting. And a lot of the reporting is on my own time. Mm-hmm. You know, my my is from three to, to 12 is my shift. And so everything else is usually just my own time because mm-hmm. I care about it. So this has kind of taught me to go, okay. Let's take it back because I can't go anywhere except the grocery store. I can't do anything except for things that, you know, are kind of focused that, what did you call it? Not self-centered, but it's self self care, self care, or just kind of making sure that you're focusing on yourself mm-hmm. and just, uh, oh, just like mindfulness, minutes. mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's mindfulness. It's almost mindfulness, but it's almost a little bit mindless. I think it's good yeah. to have mindless time. <laughs> I'm going to tell so... you a really good exercise to try. Oh, good, good. Light your favorite candle, Bailey. I'll be taking. Christy keeps hand. trying to steal the the candle in the studio. <laughs> the in the studio. Coconut wax so blend. <laughs> All right. So light a candle and just sit there and look at the flame. Ooh. Right. So and let your mind go wherever it wants to go. But you're just watching the flame, so it sounds a little therapisty. I get it. But if you do it, it's mindless, and yet it gives you calm. So it's mindful as well. Yeah. So just try it. I think that's great advice, Christy. And Amanda, thank you for being so honest on our show today. I really appreciate how transparent you are when it comes to mental health and being on the the, the front lines. I almost um, want to ask you to sing something. Oh. <laughs> You know, if I didn't have like an entire day, I'd be like, yes. I already feel like my voice is like super low right now. No, it's not. Do um, another day? No, yeah, gonna, another uh, day. You know what? hundred percent. Send us your little recording. Maybe you can send us Ooh, yes. like a, a quick little opera. I will definitely do that. hundred percent. And I'll tell you, it's 100%. not often that we get a Miss New York. That's actually right? never going to happen. An I opera singer. So lucky. Okay, let's look at this opera singer, Miss New York, and Monster Jams. Right. I know. Right? I love it. I feel, yeah, this is girl. like three yeah. different episodes. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I kind of lived a second life. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. But, you know, it's cool because those are the experiences that I've been able to kind of rely on and go, okay, this is this is how I can relate to this story. You know, even if it's not, I'll never know what people are experiencing, but I always do try to have as much empathy as I can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Melanie, you said something, and you've said it a couple times, um, having grace for yourself yes. and for others. And Giving yourself some grace. Mm-hmm. It's that's, important. that's beautiful. That's so needed. And maybe that can be like moved over into the 
into the real world, you know, what's really important. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for me, it's family, it's friends, it's connection. And if you go back to your core values, you always find home and you'll always find some sort of peace, I think, with everything going on. But I'm just really grateful to have this opportunity. I mean, I, I think that there's still a lot of stigmatism towards media. Some people don't like us and I, I don't understand, but I, I do kind of understand because I, I do think national sometimes is one side or the other and people get frustrated and, and I understand that, but mm-hmm. we really try to be down the middle. I mean, I'll watch every single political package and make sure I know it's down the middle mm-hmm. because well, for me, that's important. I think part of it too is if you look at this, if you look at social media and you can liken it, I mean, these are things we didn't, we didn't used to have a 24 hour news cycle mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. that is some, was something new. I remember six mm-hmm. o'clock news, mm-hmm. you know, that was a thing. And same with social media. So I think we there are different platforms that take away from those human connections. So my hope is that this conversation builds that human connection with what our journalists are doing. And we thank you so much for all that you do. Yes. And we oh, thank you for bringing your talent all the way from yes. New York here to the Permian Basin. <laughs> yes. We just love you and we yes. think it's wonderful. We Glad want people we to be you. able to, if anything, anyone gains from our podcast, it's that they get to learn the human connection with all different people in our community. Mm-hmm. Joins us on the show. So thank you. Yeah. If you see a reporter, don't give them a hug, but definitely say hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Give them a wave. And if you ever have any story ideas or, you know, we're going to be talking about the new project on air as well. Anything that you've got that you think is important to share or to bring light to, you know, we've got a good team that'll definitely be a part of it. I'd be happy to work on projects as well. So please send us anything you need because we're, we're doing this. It's more of like a service job than anything in my mind. We're here for you. We're here for the community. Um, so you can uh, contact me. Best way is through email. It's a Mason like the jar at kmid.tv. So a Mason at kmid.tv and Facebook, Facebook, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Although I'm not on Twitter as much that I'm trying to fix, uh, is Amanda Mason TV. Same across the board. We just want to, I want to make the world a better place. And a lot of journalists are thinking the exact same way, especially at our station. So we're really proud and, and, Base and trusted, base and tra- proud for sure. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just thanks- thankful for this opportunity. Center Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432-570-1084 or the Recording Library 432 432- 682-2731. Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msize at centerstexas.org. That's M-S-A-I-Z at C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot O-R-G. Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.